Hey guys, welcome to the LTD Leadership Lean-In, where our goal is to help you lead like never before in your hotel and in your home. I'm Sam, your VP of Culture. And I'm Richard. And if you're new with us, I'm just reminding you that we release a brand new episode on the 1st and 15th of every single month. And I'd love to invite you to subscribe, like, share, uh, get these views up for us. Yeah, love it. And I also want to remind you to please use our downloadable leader resource guide. We really believe that that's where theory meets application. Yes, and thank you for those who are already sharing this, uh, bringing your team members in, getting them all to listen to it. And as always, don't forget to email us with any questions, um, any topics, any th ways we can make this better at ltdleanin at gmail.com. We really do want to hear from you. Yeah, we've actually gotten some feedback recently and it's been encouraging. Oh, I don't listen to it. Oh. Just kidding. No, I think it's been encouraging. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so as promised um, in our last episode, this episode today is going to be a part two or a follow-up of our episode from earlier this month, where we highlighted the three guest wants that drive exceptional service um, that were outlined in the book, Excellence Wins. Yes, that is true. <laughs> According to the research outlined in Schultz's book, there are three things our guests want. First, they want stuff to work. They want yes. product to be defect-free. Yep. Second, they want it now. Well, not really now, but in a timely fashion. Yes. And then third, they want service to be great. So, um, And the people to be nice. And the people to be nice. Yes. So stuff that works. Yep. Fast. Yep. And nice people. Um, but we also want to make sure, remember or remind you guys struggling today, remind you guys that the third one is the most important, maybe even important than the first two combined, because great service can overcome any other shortfalls. Yep. And we also offered specific examples of each of those things and how we can really be intentional about fulfilling them really no matter what role we're in. So if you haven't watched the episode that was released on the first of this month, please go back. We encourage you to uh, see that or at least push pause, go back and then come back to us today. Yes, you got some homework. Okay, so moving on from the three guest wants, Schultze, you want to show him? Schultze goes on to explain that the customer service, that customer service is really and truly everybody's job. And he explains that customer service starts in the parking lot right? Or really the first visit to the website, or even really the first ring of the phone. Yeah. And he goes on to offer a number of steps though, of which way we can make sure that we're offering excellent customer service. The first is offering a great welcome. Um, with a great welcome, you show immediately that you are glad this person has chosen to come your way. Mm -hmm. He developed the now industry standard 10 foot rule. Ooh. We referenced that in another episode. Yes, it wasn't Jesus, it was Schultze. His <laughs> expectation of his entire staff was that as soon as a person gets within 10 feet of them, they must immediately say with genuine sincerity, yeah. good morning or good afternoon. And the key here is that the welcome is honest, sincere, and personal. Yeah. So he actually notes in the book that after you know analyzing, they did hundreds and hundreds of surveys, thousands of comment cards, um, and they actually use J.D. Power and Associates um, to, to analyze the data. But they learned that if a customer's first four, the first four contacts with the hotel go well. So as an example, right, the reservation agent that they talked to, the front desk associate, 
the houseman, the breakfast attendant. If those first four interactions, whatever they may be with the hotel go well, then there will be virtually no complaints thereafter. However, if something goes amiss in the beginning, the complaints start to come in quickly. So let's say the check-in was too slow, the room, then what happens is, nope, now the room's not clean enough or the food is too cold and on and on it can go. So some of these complaints, they may not even be true, but because the initial impression or those first four interactions may have not been ideal or up to expectations, um, that temperature has been set from the start mm -hmm. and it sometimes leads to more complaints moving forward. Yeah, it kind of gives us that little self-serving prophecy of that once something, we keep looking to continue to look for whatever our impression already is. Yeah. So if it starts off well, then you're forgiving. But if it starts off terribly, then you're like, oh, it is terrible. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. The second step he outlines is complying with the customer's wishes. The focus here is, sorry, the focus here is not on our agenda, mm -hmm. but it's on theirs. We want to make sure we want to, when you want to make the upsell, but what's most important is what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. That's why we say, how may I help you? I'm happy to do so. And then you listen, really listen to see what's on the mind for them, what they actually want out of us. And then it's our job to try as hard as possible to find a solution for their actual need. Yeah. So not that we've had, you know, uh, a great welcome and now, you know, we've complied with the customer's wishes. Now the final part of that customer service journey um, is saying goodbye. So we've had a really great welcome. We've complied with all of their wishes. Um, and now we need to have a good goodbye. And it's critical that we're intentional about saying, you know, thank you for staying with us. Thank you for allowing us to serve you. Yeah. The sincere goodbye leaves that last impression, the last thought we get out of it. And we, we really lose a lot of opportunity in our industry with that, with, you know, self-checkouts or emailed receipts or anything like that. And so it does take a lot more effort with the intentional goodbye. We have a whole nother episode just about that goodbye, but it is really something that we need to be tactful with and give that real, um, you know, appreciation for somebody staying with exact word. I don't keep saying the same thing over and over again, but intentional and exact in what we're doing to actually show that sincerity. Yeah. So I think um, I remember you referencing an example in, I think one of our morning huddles mm -hmm. about uh, when your, your time, was it as a front office manager? At the yes. What did yeah. you do there? So there it was that the guests were getting emailed receipts or we'd slide the receipt underneath the door there. And so that kind of was initially intended to get the guests to be able to leave out quickly, Yeah. but it didn't give us the opportunity to talk to the guest and overwhelm them with that sincerity at the end. So I wanted to get them to come by the desk, let us know how how their stay was so that we were able to recover if there was any service mishaps. Um, but I also didn't want the last thing for them to be given is how much money they spent. So there I sent them an invitation to come by and hand me the letter back in exchange for some delicious cookies. Yeah. So that way that warm welcome of that double tree cookie, which is, you know, a little trademark uh, item for them is now uh, with the last thing that they get and they remember it and bring that warm welcome to a closing with that warm goodbye. That's great. That's an awesome, awesome tip. I wanted to bring that back up because I thought it was so good. Thanks. Um, so like we said, it's always important to say, you know, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for allowing us to serve you. And uh, in the book, uh, Horse actually references 
um, an NBC, uh, I guess, anchor person. His name was Jose. And he he noted he was a weekend anchor. And he noted that his the way he would close out all of his, um, I don't know, shows or whatever you would call it. I don't even know what they call it. Um, but he would say something like, thank you for the privilege of your time. And I always thought, I just thought that that was so um, impactful, the way he would recognize that even though he's a nationally famous sort of well-paid journalist, the viewers really didn't have to watch his show. They did so voluntarily. And he really and truly was grateful for their time. And I just love that thought because mm -hmm. our guests don't have to stay with us. There are so many options that they have, um, you know, places that they could have stayed. They chose to stay with us and we should be grateful because it's because of their stay that we have the opportunity to serve and to, um, you know, to be employed. So I know I'm grateful. Yeah, no, that is a good, we get, we also get a lot of gratitude in these positions because our guests yeah. are thanking us when we're doing their job. And it is always nice to really respond with that. Whenever somebody says, thank you to me, I always say, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I realize that I do that in my everyday life too. And it doesn't always make sense because it's become habit, but yeah, truly thanking them even yeah. when they're giving us gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, so beyond that, one of the other things um, that's pointed out in the book that I really appreciate is this customer service, is that customer service is not only for frontliners, right? He gives the example of uh, chef. And while they may not interface with the guests uh, directly, the food that they prepare has to please the guests. And so really every employee in every department needs to figure out who their internal customers are. And, you know, I think if, if that individual, if you're asking associates, hey, who's your internal customer? If they don't know who, who that person is, or if they're confused by that question, I think we as leaders, we need to help people clarify and understand who it is that they're serving um, internally. Because we do have, yes, we have external customers, but our service, um, the way we serve our internal customers directly affects how they serve our external customers. And, you know, so I think it, what a great thing to come up to uh, someone within the internal organization and say, hey, how can I make things better for you? What can I do that will help us better serve the customer? Yeah, I think uh, kind of keeping it on your restaurant theme with the yeah. chef and the food is it even goes to um, maybe a little less directly is the dishwasher, mm -hmm. whether it's providing and cleaning all the equipment for the chef to use, provide that the plates, or even maybe directly to the customer is the silverware, right? The dishwasher is the one who's making sure that uh, it's ready to go before it's polished by the servers or, or doing anything like that, that if a spoon makes it all the way to the customer mm -hmm. and they see this spot showing a little less care in this fine establishment, it may be reflected immediately to the server. That's their welcome, you know, is that yeah. that entry point of that first point that they see is that the silverware could look better, that now they're looking for other flaws during their service, which obviously hurts their internal customer of the server that's dependent on things being flawless. Yeah. So what, what does that mean to us? It means that everybody impacts, you know, guest service, whether they're in, interfacing with guests directly or not, they have the opportunity to impact how we serve our guests, whether they're serving our internal customers so that they can better serve externally or um, they're going out of their way to serve externally. And so I think 
the last thing that I wanted to highlight from this book, and seriously, guys, it, I, we could go on forever, um, but we're trying to keep these shorter. So we're doing a, a trying to do a better job of keeping things concise. Um, so I had to pick, but the next concept that I wanted to make sure that we highlighted today was the service concept of stop and help. Yes, we mentioned earlier, but all associates have or can have and really do have random contact with our guests, the housekeeper who passes the guest in the hallway, uh, like we talked earlier, a cook or a backup back of house position laundry attendant is going about their day and has that interaction and if they keep their head down and focused on i'm air quoting for those who are listening to us their <laughs> job that they'll miss the the real opportunity or the true job of taking care of the guests and so not just being available when a guest requests something or asking those questions which is the beginning right being available greet them ask if there's anything else and if they do ask questions to it but seeking out an opportunity to go the extra mile Jesus, uh, go the extra mile um, for a guest. Um, if you see somebody struggling, seeing those nonverbal cues, I'm making a lot of references to other episodes here. Yeah. But a lot of, if you see an opportunity to truly offer that service um, and offer that true hospitality, that we can take advantage of that. And if there isn't, because we can't always solve these problems, right? It may be something that's, whether it's not in our job code or description, but it's um, just beyond their actual ability to do, mm -hmm. we should know who can, or at least find that person who knows they can to get, to get this issue solved for the guest. Yeah, that goes so far in an interaction with a, with a guest to just say, hey, I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna try and find out for you. Just that simple step can really make a tremendous difference. And one of my favorite stories from the book, um, I just thought it was so impactful. It's, it's such a small thing, but it's such a big thing. So he highlights this scenario where a maintenance technician was working in a lobby and he was on a ladder way overhead. And while he was on the ladder, he happened to see a woman who was approaching the door and she had both arms sort of laying down with her phone, her purse, her luggage, she had packages, she had her arms completely full. And that maintenance tech, he quickly, you know, scrambled down the rungs of the ladder to hold open the door for her. And, you know, when someone recognized what a kind gesture that that was, his response was, well, that's how we've been trained. And then he proceeded to pull out, he had a small placard uh, from his pocket, which contained the Ritz Carlton Credo. And on that, it says, um, it says, I think it was number four. He says, we assist each other stepping out of our primary duties to effectively provide service to our guests. And that is the way they do things. So for example, um, in our Rainmaker organization, in our sales organization, we have something called imperatives, which are similar. It helps us decide how to act, how we behave, sort of um, helps us filter decisions on how we do things through these um, imperatives. And it's a similar concept. So Ritz-Carlton has a credo. And on that credo card, they have a number of sort of ways they do things. And one of those things that they have is this sort of concept of stop and help that they're, you know, that the way they behave or a part of being a part of the Ritz-Carlton family is that they assist each other and they always step outside of their primary duties to provide service to people. And he really went on to say that, you know, they highlight one of those 24 standards at the start of every shift. So that huddle, right? And so that the expectations are really clear and everyone on the, you know, on the whole team really understands that service culture. And I just thought that that story was such a 
um, like I said, it's a simple story and it's something that we could see any day, every day in our hotel, but um, it's simple, but it's not easy. And while we think it's obvious that, you know, that, it, you know, we as associates are paying enough attention to, oh, we got to step outside of our role to make sure that our guests serve. It's not always obvious because like you said, we're head down, focused on our work. Um, and we're not always thinking about it. It's not that we don't want to, it's just that, you know, if it's not intentional, sometimes we we sort of miss it. Yeah, I mean, we are a service organization and a business at the same time. So yeah. we've we've also been drilled in efficiencies and focusing. And I mean, every every room attendant in our organization has so many minutes to do their job yeah. that it's easy that something can be distracted for that. We have a start and stop time to our day yet you know, a full day of work. So mm -hmm. I do love that example because there's every reason in the world to not climb down from that ladder, right? It's yeah. all the steps that he has to take down or this person had to take down in this case is coming away from his job. Mm -hmm. There's probably other people who could have stepped in as yeah. quickly, but it's also a great story because when our guests notice when people are doing something out of their role. Mm -hmm. We see it in the comments. Um, I experience it, whether it is, you know, the the general manager of the hotel, you know, taking the luggage out themselves instead of finding somebody because they saw that moment or, you know, a room attendant taking a guest all the way downstairs and stepping off of their floor to get this accomplished. The guests often understand when somebody is, is going outside of their role to take the job and it gets has that much more of an impact. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, can you believe it? Are we done? We're done. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. All right. So recap time. Recap. All right. So we have three primary steps to creating an excellent customer service experience. The first is a warm welcome. Mm -hmm. The second is complying with customers' wishes, doing what they want, not in so much necessarily what we think they want, yeah. and then a sincere goodbye. Okay. And of course, we don't want to forget about that fundamental, but very critical concept of stop and help. Perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up here. Don't forget about the downloadable leadership leader guide, leadership leader guide. Whatever. Some of those words are correct. <laughs> so download that little thing in the link below or to the side. It really does help. Yes, it, it helps really bring does. it in, hone it in, get some value out of it. Mm -hmm. And let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's lean in and get, get better, better together. together.